Welcome to the Impact Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Cartevera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 18, and the title is The Relationship Funnel, Strategies for Building High-Impact Relationships. Craig and I today are going to be talking and drilling very deep into this idea of the relationship funnel. We all know about the sales funnel, but we often forget that the relationship building funnel is a completely separate funnel. It exists to ultimately feed our sales funnel, but they are separate. We need to treat them differently, and how we interact in them is fundamentally different. So today, Craig and I are going to be talking about the five C's of business development and relationship building. We're going to talk about the big three or the power questions we can use in all of our one-on-one interactions. We're going to talk about the vital role of authenticity and vulnerability in building relationships that will help not only grow our business, but grow our lives. So get ready to be challenged, get ready to hear some new ideas, and get ready to take away some ideas to help you build relationships for more impact, not only in your business, but in your life. podcast where we explore leadership business and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life we're your hosts jeff dishwitz and craig matthews we believe that leaders have to put their people first and if you don't have time to grow your people then you're not leading get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business welcome to your bigger business and bigger life Welcome, everybody, to episode 18, where we are talking about networking. This is our second episode on networking. The first one was episode six, where we talked about some of the basics of networking. Here, we're going to get into some more advanced topics around relationships, around sales, and around referrals, Uh, getting into some of the deeper things that Jeff and I do in building our networks. And we have fantastic networks that cross the continents. I would say that it's because of the relationships that we build that we have the joy that we have. And this is part of the secret to how we do business, but also how we do life. So Jeff, what do you think about networking from a standpoint of relationship building? Well, you know, one thing I was thinking about, Craig, you know, you mentioned that we did this, we talked about this last in episode six, which was probably about a month ago. And I know it's easy for people to fall into the trap of saying, hey, I know how to network. I know how to build relationships. (laughs) I would argue that networking and relationship building is a constant journey of learning. Because things that we're going to talk about today, I did not have clear to myself a month ago. So this program today has ideas that I've sort of not stumbled upon, but coalesced in my mind over the last month. And I think it's important for us all to constantly be rethinking and reshifting and stepping back at our networking and especially the relational elements of it. Because as we talked in episode six, that's where we tend to miss it. We say we're relational, but we're really not showing up relational. And episode six was about what does it really mean to be relational? And today we're going to talk about some specific ways and some, I guess, mindsets that we can use to help assure that we stay relational in the midst of seeking some sort of objective through our networking. You know, maybe it's good to clarify what we're talking about and what we're not talking about when we talk about networking, because 
to me, networking can be that face-to-face thing, but it's really about how do we build relationships, whether it's live or whether it's virtual. And right now, we're still just emerging from the COVID and we're trying to figure out what are things going to look like? Am I going to have big networking events where I'm meeting lots of people? Maybe not for a while, but you can create those events. I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do from a virtual standpoint to create Zoom gatherings or whatever that is. So when we're talking about networking, it's really about how do we build relationships, how do we refer people, and how do we get those referrals? And certainly to me, having studied the referral side for a long time, building a, building a software company around it, to me, when I looked at the statistics, when somebody refers you to someone else, their trust, their credibility transfers with that referral. And so what happens is you're going to close business twice as fast and twice as often when you get a referral than when you're just meeting somebody or you're going through a standard sales process. It's because of that trust factor of that referral that, that really makes that difference. Well, one of the things we're going to talk about today that I think is so vital because networking and relationship building and sales and all these things have gotten really mushy. <laughs> and we don't have clarity about what we're actually doing. How we show up may be the same, but what we actually do, what we say, how we approach it is different for each one of those. You know, you're talking, Craig, about how things will change because of COVID. And I've told people for years that these networking events, they're not the purpose. Right. They're just an element of a process designed to create one-on-one conversations that allow us to build one-on-one relationships. Whether those one-on-ones happen in person, by phone, by Zoom, by text, by email, probably a little bit of all of that. The events, I used to say, if you have plenty of quality people in your face-to-face or one-on-one meetings, you don't have to go to another event again unless that event is going to get you something different than those one-on-ones. Perhaps you want to learn something specific the speaker is going to talk about. For me, I got to the point that I went to networking events specifically to see the people I already knew. Yes. Which they say, don't do that. Well, no, that's exactly why I did it. (laughs) Right. Because it's an opportunity in a very leveraged way to reconnect with people I knew. And oh, by the way, what did they do? They introduced me to people I didn't know. Be listening to the difference between a relationship funnel versus a sales funnel relationship building versus sales. I want to be relational in my selling, but we're talking about complete, almost completely different processes, but they tend to get mashed together and we're less effective because we mash them together. Yeah. I think oftentimes we talk about relationship building and we think about that in the, in the terms of, okay, I'm always selling. If you're a salesperson, if, if you're a business owner, you're probably in the sales mindset most of the time. You're trying to think, how, how can I increase my revenue? What can I do to make sure I make payroll this month? There's an issue there where if we're always thinking about the sale, we're really probably thinking much more transactional than we are relational. And we have to be careful about that. Now, there are defined processes that we want to have when we're dealing with sales. But as we're relationship building, it's, it's a different animal. And the goal is not necessarily to get more sales in the relationship building. Because if it is, people are going to see through that. They're going to see that it's transactional and you're not going to be able to build the kind of quality relationship that you really want. As we're 
looking at the differences then between a relationship funnel and a sales funnel, the differences in how we approach building the relationships versus building our sales, I think Jeff has had a, a pretty unique perspective on that. Jeff, you want to talk about how you see those two as being different? Yeah, thanks, Craig. This is one of those things that's new for me. I guess I think I knew it, but it hadn't crystallized till literally last week when I was doing a business development workshop on just this topic. And it struck me of how confusing these two funnels are. And it, I realized, and I made a point that they're completely different funnels. There's a relationship building funnel and there's a sales funnel. And the sales funnel, you can all have your own processes, different organizations teach different processes, but the fundamentals of a sales funnel is, some people talk about suspects at the top of the funnel, but ultimately people who have some level of interest or fit with what you do and what you deliver and the value you provide come into the funnel. Now, if they come in via a referral, the stronger the referral, they go deeper into the funnel, even though the funnel still has its steps. But you may skip some steps because if you get a strong introduction referral from someone and they have a high need, they may accelerate through the sales funnel. But here's the thing. The relationship funnel is completely separate. This is where I build relationships. These are the people who can refer me. These are the people who can become my eyes and ears on the street. These are the people who are going to make referrals to me, hopefully multiple referrals, which is why the value of relationships is so high. At some point, those people can transition into the sales funnel when we identify the fit or they identify the need for themselves. But not everybody in the relationship funnel goes into the sales funnel. And in fact, if you treat them that way, you're not really being relational because you're trying to sell to the people you're trying to build a relationship with just to educate them on what you do and who you do it for. So you've got a conflict. The relational funnel doesn't have a whole lot of levels. It has degrees, but there's really two categories in the relational funnel. One is trust. That's the, the foundation of the relationship. The other is education. Education for each other and what each of you do, who you do it for, how you help each other. Because the reality is we can build really great relationships and have a lot of trust. And yet we don't do a good job of educating. So those people are not in a position to really help us. And I'm not in a position to help them because I've built the interpersonal relationship, but I haven't done the educating. And this is a big piece for many of you. We had a webinar last week, and this was one of the prime questions we got. Someone said, I struggle. They called it the transition. <laughs> they said, I, trans I struggle transitioning from having this friendly relationship to a business conversation. And part of that business conversation is the education, but I also have to be willing to shift the conversation or else I have lots of friends, but I don't have a lot of referrals. I don't have a lot of great introductions. My business isn't growing because I'm just out making friends, which is awesome, but I'm hesitant to have the business conversation. Yeah, That's one of those key layers in the relationship funnel. And I want to talk about this concept that, again, it just clarified for me about a week ago on a webinar when we were talking about this topic with some other folks, and I, it flashed in my head through the conversation, what I call now the five C's of business development. And I use the word business development not because it's different than sales, 
but it keeps in mind the idea that we're building relationships, we're developing relationships, we're developing business. And the five C's, I'm going to list them real quick, and then we might touch on them a little more. One is the idea of being creative and actually creating. And the two words there are a little different because creative is an idea in my head. Create is I actually turn that idea into a reality and I actually do things differently or show up differently or have different questions. So how am I being creative and creating in my efforts? The second C is compassion and being compassionate. And right now, it is so vital during this coronavirus pandemic that we continue to build relationships with greater compassion than ever. Oh yeah, And I would say that's not unique to the pandemic. It's something that we've always needed more of. It makes our interactions more relational. We want to feed more compassion in all of our efforts. The third one is consistency or being consistent. And this is really about our activities. You know, I call it building the rhythm, you know, building up so that we're regularly doing the activities, whatever they are that feed our relationship funnel and separately our sales funnel. What are those behaviors that we need to be doing every day? You know, so many activities a day, so many meetings a week, so many calls a day, whatever it is, not to try and pile them together, but it's about consistency and rhythm. So that's the third C, consistency. So let me ask you a question about that, Jeff. When you're talking about consistency, I see two different kinds of consistency. I see one where you're just making consistent effort across a lot of different relationships. And then there's another level of consistency, which is having some consistency in the relationship itself, where I I reach out on a regular basis. And one of the things that I do is I really like certain CRMs, customer relationship management tools that actually prompt me to reach out to somebody. So I can put people in buckets. I can say, my A's, these are people I wanna talk to once a week. My B's once a month, my C's once a quarter. D's if I ever get to them. And so what that does is that allows me to say, okay, Jeff is, Jeff is in the A bucket. I want to make sure that I'm talking to him on a weekly basis because I care about him. I enjoyed working with him and we have a lot of stuff to do together. So that's my A. My B, you know, that's going to be somebody that it may be a, a client that is maybe not active right now, but I want to stay in touch with them over a longer period of time. You know, A's are probably those people who are in your sales funnel as well. So you can, you can mix and match that side of things. But from a relationship standpoint, being able to be consistent in the relationship will yield a lot of benefit for you. And as you know, Craig, that's something a lot of people miss. Yes. There are activities. They may be engaged in a lot of activities as you indicated, but it's very haphazard. There's no pattern. As you said, there's no consistency. And these are the things we need to be thoughtful about in our relationship building to decide ahead of time, you know, how often am I going to see these people once a year in person or have a phone call? What does it look like? And if I don't make those decisions ahead of time, there's a pretty good bet. What will happen is I'll do a lot with the people I'm most comfortable with or that are most top of mind. And I may forget about other people if I don't have something that triggers that for me, as you said, a CRM or something, a system that helps me to stay on track with my activities. Yeah, and for me, the, that's that's close. I think contextually, um, there are there are a few different tools that have that bucket system. I'll, I'll just make a shout out here. Probably the only person that I know that is super super consistent with this is Jeff Raxlin. He's just somebody that I know 
that he's working through his list on a regular basis. He's following up with people on a regular basis. And he and I have done a lot of networking events together. And he was co-founder of TribeSpring, which was our software company to help connect people. Good job, Jeff Franklin. So the fourth C is one that I love and I found it comes easy for me at this point in my life. And that is curiosity. Mm. Because when I'm curious, what am I going to naturally do all the time? I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to want to know. I want to understand. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about you. Tell me more about your family. Tell me about where you're from. Tell me about you know, what, you, what your life growing up was. Tell me how your business is. How did you get into the business? When we are curious, we ask questions. And that's how we build relationships. The thing is, think about this. We do not build relationships when we talk at people. Right. We don't. It's, it's, it's the opposite of relationship building. We build relationships when we get to know each other. And the only way to get to know each other is to ask each other questions. And so I love curiosity. And I'm going to give a sneak peek here because one of our upcoming topics is about authenticity and vulnerability. And this is where those two topics start to jive in because how vulnerable am I willing to be with my questions? Now you could say, well, wait a minute, how vulnerable are your questions? Am I willing to ask questions that I too will answer that are going beyond the surface? I tend to do that in my first meeting. I ask whatever question comes to mind, and it's almost never going to be about their business. If it is about their business, it's probably going to be something like, so how'd you end up in this place? Or how did you get here? Because I want to hear their story. And what I believe happens is by asking a vulnerable question, it gives them permission to be vulnerable as much as they're willing right? versus waiting to figure it out. Because I'm not forcing the, the answer. I'm only offering the question they will tell me as much as they're willing to tell. And what I believe happens is now they're free to say back to me, well, same thing for you, Jeff. And I'm going to tell them that I'm going to give them a very vulnerable answer because that's how I tend to approach relationships. But the foundation there is curiosity. Okay. So one of the things I see here is, and I think we got a question about this the other day on, on one of the webinars is if I'm just asking questions, doesn't, doesn't it feel like I'm interrogating them? And what I would say is, no, most people don't have somebody who's actually interested enough in them to ask questions. So they are ready to talk. They're, they want to share what they've been thinking about and their life. And it's, it's just a freeing time. And when you're asking questions, that also means that you're engaged. As long as you're listening for the answers and not just thinking about the next question, highly recommend that you don't do that. When you're, when you're genuinely curious, when you genuinely care about other people, that's when it's just going to naturally build a great relationship. And to that point, Craig, I don't remember who said it. There's no need to be interesting as long as you're interested. Mm, so true. Interesting people in the room are those who are interested genuinely in other people. Because if you think about it, people love to talk about themselves when they're given permission. Most people are uncomfortable talking about themselves without permission. But when you say to someone, tell me your story, oh, it's funny because I you know, go through conversations and people will say, man, that was such a fascinating conversation and Jeff is so interesting. <laughs> I barely said a word. All right. I did was questions because I was genuinely interested. And there's the key. 
genuinely interested. And I think there's one other part there, Jeff, and that is the quality of the questions. You know, we, we can get hung up on our networking introduction, but if we just have a few basic questions in our back pocket and we're coming in and we're just asking things like some of the, some of the basic things that I do is I'm, I'm asking, so where are you coming from? I mean, I'm in an area where people are from all over the world. So I want to know where are they coming from? That's, that's one of the most basic kinds of questions, but you can tell a lot about a person from where they're coming from. And then, you know, if they're coming from out of state, then I'll just say, so how did you get here? That starts telling some of the story. And so there's lots of different pieces in that. And then when we start getting into the business, I'm going to be asking about very specific things because I'm genuinely interested in how they do business. But like Jeff said, I don't go to the business side until after I get to know the person. Well, that can be challenging too, because a lot of people want to go there and I'll be blunt. I don't let them go there. Right. If I sit down with someone in the first meeting and they're jumping into how do we figure out how to refer each other, I will literally stop them and say, hang on a second. I'm not there yet. I want to get to know (laughs) you. I think you need to get to know me. I need some foreplay. Yeah, (laughs) foreplay here because you just jumped, you skipped over too many steps. In fact, it's funny you said that because years ago, I remember doing a talk and I was talking about an analogy here of how often in networking, it'd be like going on the first date and you're walking up to the door to pick someone up and they open the door and you dive in and and give them a French kiss. But a lot of people do that in their approach to networking. And I think this is a really important point because most most of you have struggled, I just know it, with this idea of creating your 30 second commercial. Yep. And we spend a lot of time on them. And yes, they're important. And here's an and though. I have found that if I have the opportunity to ask questions first, I don't need a 30 second commercial. Absolutely. And by the time I'm done asking them questions and getting to know them, they've determined, because I'm back to gen, I'm back, I'm authentic. These are genuine. There's trust has been built. And here's what happens. When I'm done asking questions, they turn around and what do they do? They ask me the same questions. I have every opportunity to share. In fact, it is very typical for me to have a, my first one-on-one. During that time, I talk very little about me and my business. Yep. By the time we're done, typically that person says, when can we talk again? I want to learn more about you and your business. Why? Because I just invested a half hour or 45 minutes or an hour sometimes yep. making it all about them. It's about being present with them in that moment. So what's step five, Jeff? It's all about being a connector and having a connector mindset to go into your interactions with people, always looking for who can I connect them with and can they, does it make sense for them to be part of what I call my connection toolbox? Mm, Yeah. All need to have a toolbox of resources to offer to the world, not just ourselves. And that means building, you know, find those people, you know, like, and trust and who seem to be good at something and put them in your toolbox and be willing to that listener for them, that questioner for them to help them succeed. Because what did Zig say, Craig? You can have anything you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want. And that's what connecting is about. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. The Impact Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Cartavera. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, resources, events, and a community to help you grow. At Cartavera, we believe that you can't grow a business bigger than you. 
that your company is limited by your growth. We blend personal growth with leadership, team, and business growth to give you a single place to grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. You can find out more at cardavera.com. Welcome back. All right, we just finished talking about the five C's, creating or being creative in your interactions with people, having compassion for the other person, understanding where they're coming from, consistency, creating that relationship rhythm, curiosity, being genuinely curious and interested in other people, and in that specifically in that one person you're talking to at that point. And number five is connecting, that you are actively looking for ways to connect them with other people. So that's the five C's of business development as you, as you express. Is that sound about right? Right on. All righty. So I also know that you, you asked three particular questions. I, I tend to be a little bit more loosey-goosey with, with how I do things. But for you, it's three specific questions. What are, what are those questions that you use? Well, I use all sorts of questions in conversation. There's no, there's no script in my conversations or questions. Yeah, good with the exception of when I, by the time I wrap up a one-on-one meeting, whether it's in person, Zoom, phone, whatever that is, probably near the end, I'm going to ask three questions. The first one, hmm. there's a couple versions, but they're all the same questions. It comes down to how can I help you? Another version I often use is, in what ways can I support you? And the reason I use support is because sometimes people think help means referrals, and I want to make sure I'm sending a message. This is about anything in the world. Right. I mean, years ago, I asked a good friend this question, and I said, hey, you know, what's, I said, in what's one way I could just be of service to you? Mm-hmm. And she said, no one's ever asked me that. <laughs> And her response was, you know, I'm having kind of a tough time right now. Can you just keep a good thought? Wow. And I said, that's an easy one. It's done. And I checked in a few days later just to, and she didn't tell me what it was. doesn't matter what it is. So some version of how can I help you or in what ways can I support you? That's the first question. One of the questions that I ask that relates to that is what's keeping you up at night right now? What's top of mind for you that, that I may be able to help you with? What is it you're looking for right now? And it doesn't have to be you. It could be for your child. It could be for your family, whatever that is. And, you know, sometimes people come back, wow, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and he said, my daughter is applying to colleges now and she really needs some help with her applications. Oh, well, strangely enough, my son does that for people. He helps them write their applications. And so hooked them up. They, they did some work together and very pleased. So that's the kind of thing where you just don't know what somebody's really facing and what's top of mind for them. Well, that's, you know, I'm a movie guy, Craig, and that, <laughs> top, that question you just asked is where I channel City Slickers, the movie oh, City yeah. <laughs> Because Curly, the Jack Palance character in the movie, yeah. talked about the one thing. And he was talking about the one thing in the movie in the sense of figure out what's the most important thing in your life. What I'm talking about is if in your relationships, if you don't know what their one thing is, just to your point, Craig, then there's a gap in your relationship. What is that one thing? I'm struggling with what I'm going to do with my team right now during COVID. I'm struggling because my mother-in-law is ill with COVID. I'm struggling because this just happened. Everybody's got a one thing that day at least or in their life. And I see relationships is 
make sure you know find out what that is and support them around that one thing. Yeah, so good. So that's all. That's all. Still one question, but it's that concept of how can I help you? How can I support you? Right. The next two are very specific, and they're in order. The second question is, I'll say to them, who do you want to meet? This is about, notice it's me. These beings, these are introductions. These are not referrals. I'm not saying I know someone who needs what they have. I probably don't most days. When you ask someone for a referral, it's like an impossible question. The question is, because people think you're going to go sell them. Remember, you're going to jump into the sales funnel with them. No, we're in the relationship funnel. My question is, who do you want to meet? A lot of people aren't ready for that question. Some are. And if they're not ready, I help them. I'll start digging a little deeper. Like, well, what kind of people are good referral sources for you? Who do you, are there certain industries that you want to meet people in those industries? So I'm going to pull out of them whatever I need to help me help them. Right. So I'm not going to leave it there, but it's all about who can I introduce them to? Well, I think you're, you're actually educating them in the process too, because then they know how to answer that question if it ever comes up again. It's funny. It, it is true because so many often they'll say, well, I've never thought about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I hear it regularly. That's it regularly. crazy. Because okay. they're, either, they're either focused on referrals because a lot of times that will be their answer. So let me play out the, the script here. Yeah. I say, who do you want to meet? And they say, I would love to talk to something like you, Craig, would say to me, I know you wouldn't, but I would love to meet some people who need some digital marketing. <laughs> that's putting a little bit of a, a, a big weight on your shoulder. <laughs> right. Because they think we're in the sales funnel. Right. They're looking for prospects and referrals. And I will always be very honest and say, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I don't know of anyone right now. And I can't tell you that typically when people ask me those kinds of questions, I don't usually have anyone, but what I want to do is get to know more about what you do. So I know to look for those in the future. Yeah. Because most people don't come to me and say, I need digital marketing right now. And I carry them around waiting for your question. Right. So I'm, I'm helping them to see the difference between our relationship funnel and this sales process. Yeah. Finally, so when it comes to my turn, and it is my turn, I've asked about helping them. I've asked about who they want to meet. Then I will say, so who should I meet? That's my question to them. Not well, notice I didn't say who can you refer me to. I didn't even say who can you introduce me to. I right. just said who should I meet. Well, who would you like to meet? Always the same people. I love to meet interesting people doing interesting things. That's my answer. Wow. So I think that that's a brilliant answer because ultimately, interesting people, even if they're not doing interesting, interesting people are just fun to work with anyway. And they typically know other interesting people. So you're, you're expanding your network in a great way. But if they're up to some interesting things, these are generally the movers and shakers, the people who are up to doing things, probably business owners or business leaders. They're, they're probably going to have a great network for you as well. Awesome answer, Jeff. And I, I consciously choose. I'm very specific about my words. I don't say I want to meet influencers. Right. I don't say I want to meet movers and shakers. I say I want to meet interesting people doing interesting things. And they'll say, well, why? And I said, because they're fun and they're interesting. I get to learn. And they will introduce, they will introduce me to other interesting people doing interesting things. Yeah. 
So good. And through that process, I will build relationships in my relationship funnel that will feed my sales funnel. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say um, just kind of going back a little bit, when you say, who do you want to meet? Oftentimes that and the other, you know, how can I help you and who do you want to meet? If you combine those, sometimes they are looking for something. They are looking for a solution, not just, not just somebody that they can sell to, but rather somebody that they can buy from. And that's where when we do have those great resources as our network, that's where we can bring them to bear in a big way. Well, and that's where we come back to the questions. I tend to ask questions even about introductions. Like for that one, Craig, sometimes someone says they have a need that I think I have something for them. Yeah. They may know somebody. I'm going to say to them, you know what? I know Bob or Jane or Joe or Julie, and they do this in this area. Would you be open to an introduction? Hmm. That's a good question. All right. So that's the three questions. How can I help you? Who do you want to meet? And who should I meet? And I think those are really good. And I, I love the interesting people doing interesting things. I, I'm going to start using that. <laughs> so one of the things that we talked about a lot on this podcast is the, the whole issue of authenticity and vulnerability. So Jeff, why would, why would you say that that's so important in relationship building? I'm going to be as simple as is Jeff possible. <laughs> and I'm going to borrow a line from our podcast a couple of weeks ago with Larry English, because he said it better than I could. He uh, said, vulnerability is a shortcut to trust. Yes. And relationships are based on trust. It's the simplest question. It, relationships are about trust. So if I want to have trust, I need to be willing to be vulnerable. And vulnerability, we have authenticity. We talk about, well, I'm authentic. I have to be vulnerable, willing to be vulnerable in order to be authentic, right? So they're tied together. They're related. So that, I look at that in terms of what I share, and I also look at the questions I ask. I ask questions that have the opportunity for vulnerability without dictating the level of vulnerability. Mm. Let me say that again. I ask questions that have the opportunity for vulnerability without dictating the level of vulnerability. I think we're getting there, but it's a slow turn in our culture to what vulnerability really is and how vital it is in our world of business. We, we're more open to it personally, but then I'll say, well, if we're building relationships, that is about personal interaction. One of my good friends, David, David Akers, who was on an early yeah. episode, and David has this fantastic question that he often asks, I've borrowed it before because it's so fantastic. He'll meet someone, introduce himself and say, so what's your story? Mm. And what I found is what he found, which is people will often say, well, what do you mean my story? What part of it? So you decide. <laughs> people will share a piece of their story. And I believe they do it based on their level of comfort. They may yeah. tell you the resume version. And that's sure. fine. I don't, when they finish, if they say, I went to this school and I worked here, when they're done, I don't say, well, you didn't really tell me anything about yourself. <laughs> I may ask questions about, you know, one of the questions I love when someone tells me where they went to college, I'll say, why did you pick that college? Oh, yeah. It's amazing what you'll hear from that. Well, wow. it was this, or what, what caused you to pick that major? The whys of people's lives are the essence of their lives. Wow, that is such a good point, Jeff. 
Um, I, I'll often ask about the story, but I think as you were talking about it, you know, people can come back at different levels. And if they're coming back at a fairly superficial level, then that's where you realize, okay, I haven't established the trust. And so you can start sharing from your side, maybe at a deeper level that, that will help them go deeper. Because ultimately exactly. we're trying to get to a point where we built a solid relationship, which is a level of understanding the other person, where they're coming from and, and part of their story. And well, David, David has this great story when he asked that question of a woman at an event and she did the normal questions. What do you mean? And he said, just tell me, you know, tell me a story from your life. And she proceeds to tell him this story. Remember, they just met. Right. They're at them. She tells him a story when she was like eight or seven years old. She got in a rowboat, pushed herself out on the lake by herself and was stranded on the lake because she lost the oars. Wow. And had this terrifying life experience she had. Wow. That's interesting. Seconds into meeting. Well, how do you think that conversation went? Wow. Versus, hey, I work at, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the normal question. The normal question. What do you do? Right. What do you do or where do you work? Whole different conversation. That's totally way, different. I, I never ask, what do you do? No, no. Never ask. It'll come out, It'll but you never out. have to ask it. I would say another resource for understanding vulnerability would be Brene Brown. She has several TEDx talks and she has fantastic books out there. Highly recommend her as well. The two best books I have ever read on relational networking. Uh -huh. One is by Tommy Spaulding. Tommy has a book called It's Not Just Who You Know about building what he calls level five relationships. Mm, yeah. And it is an incredible book. Highly recommend it. And the other is one I read even years before that by Keith Ferrazzi. Oh, yeah. Called Never Eat Alone. Never Eat Alone. Those two books, to me, if you take those books and just implement genuinely, game over. Game over. They are fabulous yeah. resources, and I, can't, I cannot recommend them more highly. You really want to be relational in your approach to networking and building relationships. So I think one of the things that I really appreciated about episode 16 for us, which was Amy and her discussion of creating experiences for people. I, I love that whole concept that if you're wanting to build a deeper relationship, you do things together. You know, if you're dating, if, you, if all you do is one kind of thing, okay, we're going to go to dinner. Okay, sure, you can have great conversations, but it's when you create these shared experiences that you really start building the relationship. I've heard it said uh, back when I was learning about how to create a great family and raise kids, somebody said there's, there was research done that said there was only one thing that quote unquote successful families did. They all went camping. We're like, huh? How is that possible? Why would that be the thing? And then he explained it. It's because it's shared adversity. And when you're going through something together, it creates a much deeper bond. And so in the same way, when you're out, you know, whether it's a, a golfing trip and you're like, you know, how do, I, how do I make my shots better? Or whether it's going out on the shooting range and shooting clays, who knows what it is. But when you're creating those experiences together, you always have that memory to go back to. Well, I think there's, we got multiple levels here, Craig. We've got the experiences that we create that are some sort of 
external to the one-on-one, but there's yeah. also the experience we create in the one-on-one. You're and absolutely right. Already, you know, the questions we ask, the things we share about ourselves are part of this experience yes. that people leave that time with us saying, I want more of that. Yeah. And think about the value in building, building a network, building your relationships, building a business, building into your relationship and sales funnel. When people are saying, I want more time with that person. Yeah. That's a great outcome, but that's created by how we show up and all the things we've already talked about. Very good point. And I'd say just the fact that we are present with the people that we meet is probably one of the key memories that they come away with because they recognize, wow, this person is actually there for me. I think that's one of the things that we don't think about in this process, if we're going to call it a process or approach to building relationships, is that if I'm memorable, if you're memorable, that's the goal. Here's what I would argue. If you're going to be authentic, I think when people are authentic, they're going to be one, they're going to be memorable in one of two ways, super highly favorable or super unfavorable. Wow. That's just who they are. But most of us are playing a game. We're not authentic in our interactions. So we end up in that muddy middle. Yeah. We're not memorable for anything. We're just like the person they met yesterday. We're not, we're, we don't stand out. And I think if we're authentic, we'll stand out. Yeah. Here's a good example of that, Jeff. I, you know, our last episode, it, it really struck home for me. And when we were talking about being self-accountable and I realized I had, while we were recording that, I was thinking about a client and how I had basically gotten behind on serving that client well. And so as soon as we got off of the, the recording, I shot him an email and said, you know what? I am out of integrity. I have not held myself accountable for this and I am committing to you right now. I will do whatever it takes to get this project done today um, if you're able to or tomorrow at the, at the latest. You know, I want to get this done for you because I have delayed. And he came back to me and he said, I was just talking to my mom the other day and we were talking about how you just can't depend on people anymore. He said, I can't tell you how much that message meant to me. Kudos, Jeff, for what you shared in the last episode. That was fantastic. But I think coming back and being authentic in that level, even though there was a blip, as I, as I look at what I've learned about the customer experience journey, you can have those dips in the experience level as long as you end on a high note. How do you recover? Yep. So I have another thing in here that you use and you you call it the 10 by 10. What is that? The 10 by 10 is something that struck me when I moved to Tampa, Florida back in September of 2019. Yeah. In Cleveland, I had a very strong, diverse, wide network. I knew a lot of people. A lot of people knew me. You know, I had a nice rhythm there. Yeah. But when I moved to Tampa, I knew no one. <laughs> I, one turns out there was one person that I knew there who spends time in Cleveland, but I knew no one. So I was starting from scratch and I thought about, so how do I build my network? Well, I'm going to do the same things I've always done. But then it hit me, well, if I go out and try and meet a person and then meet another person and then meet another person, that's a, that is a sort of a plotting approach to growing a network from scratch. And by the way, I also needed a toolbox of resources. Right. 
I had no resources to offer people in Tampa other than myself. Hmm. So it just struck me one day, well, how long will it take me to build a hundred good relationships? Well, going to take some time. I can do this. <laughs> I said, that's the hard way. And it popped in my head 10. I said, I'm going to do 10 by 10. And what struck me in that moment was I'm going to go focus very intentionally on, I'm going to go build 10 really strong relationships and trust that over time, whatever that time is, those 10 people will in turn introduce me to 10 more strong relationships with a strong introduction and almost a relational referral level. I'm not talking business referral yet, but relational referral. And if I do that, that's 100 people. And it made a lot of sense. And I have to tell you, it's incredible how the simplicity of getting clear in my intent works because the third person I met in Tampa, I sat down, her name is Donna, and we never met. I had gotten you know, a, a warm introduction by someone, maybe one of those first two I met. We sat down for a cup of coffee, and she started asking questions. She was sort of reversing on me the questions. <laughs> and early on, I told her about the 10 by 10. I was very clear. I said, here's my goal, Donna. And I could tell there was a little tension, and she said, sure. well, Jeff, I got to tell you, I know this is our first coffee. I don't know if I can introduce you to 10 people. I said, whoa, 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 Donna. I don't expect you to do that today. I'm saying over time, my intention is to earn the right to your introductions. Yeah, and over point. time, having earned the right, I was reinforcing earning the right. My hope is that will happen. She says, oh, great. So she starts asking her questions. And she pulls out a piece of paper. You know, what do you do? Who do you do it for? Who do you like to meet? She's basically doing me on me. <laughs> I'm loving. And I told her, I said, I love this. I said, I'm usually the one asking questions. She goes, right. no, I'm going. And as I'm answering questions, she's making notes. She's making notes. I don't look at her notes. I'm just answering questions. We get done and she says, wow, Jeff, I got a bunch of people I want to introduce you to. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm really curious, Donna, how many are there? And she starts counting. She says, I have nine people here. And I said, wow, that's really funny. But I believe that by sharing that in a very authentic but direct way, that intention plants the seed of yeah. people's thinking. And all she did was, and we'll talk about it in another, the upcoming episode about how to be more referable and making it easier, easy for people to help us, is these are the ways that these associations happen. And the conversation just created associations for her. Yeah. And she followed the associations, pulled the thread, and came up with nine names in the first coffee. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I mean, think about it. It's it's brilliant. I mean, this is this is the the model that the master used. I mean, if you look at what Jesus did, he had 12 disciples and he changed the world. So when we look at that, to me, that is a great way of of looking at how we can expand our networks. And I think it's really, really important what you said. I have to earn the right to get the introductions. And you're not looking for referrals. You're looking for introductions. You want to meet interesting people doing interesting stuff. And so, wow, that's, that's fantastic. So 10 by 10, I love it. That's a great way. And this kind of brings up one of the issues that we heard on, the, on one of our webinars last week, which was 
if I don't have the network, how do I bring value in that connection? How do I come into there and say, hey, I have something of value. I'm just graduating from, from school. What can I bring to the, to the table? And what was your answer, Jeff? Well, my answer was that if you, first of all, if you approach networking in terms of you being able to bring referrals, that's transactional thinking. You are being purely transactional and you're saying, I need to be able to trade you referrals so you'll help me. That is not what relationship building is. And so what I offer is it's all about go back to the seeds. If I show up, if I show up being creative, if I show up being compassionate, if I am, well, am I consistent in my approach and intentional? If I am genuinely, authentically curious and I have a mindset of connecting, which means I'm asking those questions, getting to know them. How can I help you? You know, what are you working on? Craig's question. What keeps you up at night? If I do all those things and add the big bonus, I am present with them. Mm -hmm. And I demonstrate a genuine desire to help them, even if I don't have the help today. That's how I earn the right, because I am a human being interacting with them in a way that I earn the right to their trust. Because we don't, there are so many ways that we earn the right. Mm -hmm. And a referral is the one we always think about, and it's the least that's the one that's least often actually going to happen. Wow. So we, we just talked about a whole bunch of different things related to the relationship funnel. We never did get to the sales funnel. We're, we're just going to push that to another episode. And it's because we, we really want to focus here on the relationship building because that is the core. It's not, it's not the only thing that we need to do for a sales process, but it is so, so important as we want to build our network of friends as well as our network of potential sales. And so if you're only thinking about sales all the time, you're going to be missing out on so much joy and value that comes from the relationship side. To me, the relationships is the juice of life. It is what brings me joy. It is what makes me smile. And I love the relational side of things. This is our way of building relationships and what we call the relationship funnel. Any last thoughts, Jeff? Well, similar to what you said, Craig, as I realized just a few weeks ago, I, I realized the issue we have is we tend to muddle our relationship funnel and our sales funnel. Yeah. For me, that's why we spent so much time really digging into the relationship funnel and highlighting these are the pieces that are part of the relationship funnel. Yes, I can bring some of the elements over to the sales funnel, absolutely. But when I confuse the funnels, I confuse the people I'm interacting with. I make it more difficult and I put up obstacles to introductions and referrals. So today was about the relationship funnel piece. You know, when next time we come back, talk about networking, we're going to talk about the actual referrals and how we you know how we make it easier for people to refer us, how we're referable, because now we're transitioning from that relationship funnel over to the sales funnel. And we'll go into more depth about the sales funnel. And when we talk about the referral system that we're using and how we get <laughs> getting those referrals into that sales funnel. Right. So we're talking about funnels. Um, you know, another way of looking at this is if we're talking about funnels, are we, are we really getting transactional in our relationships? No. What we're trying to get is intentional about our relationships. And by understanding how we develop better relationships and we call it a funnel, it can be whatever you want to call it. This is my relationship method. 
whatever you want to call it, it's about building quality relationships, relationships that pay off in many different ways and primarily in more joy for us and for them. Um, sometimes those will translate into sales and sometimes they won't. And we're not going to have particular expectations about that either way. And what, what is one of those phrases that you like to say, Jeff? Always do what? <laughs> no, never give up and always surrender. That's right. And, and what, is the, what are we surrendering? I'm always going to surrender the outcome. That's right. I don't control the outcomes. I'm never, going to pers- I'm never going to give up pursuing with passion and heart hmm. what I believe in. Yeah. But I'm always going to surrender the outcomes and focus on how I'm showing up in the journey to those outcomes. Wow, that's so good. If you like this podcast, you'll love the Cartavera Tribe. The Cartavera Tribe is a community of growth-committed leaders who want to connect, engage, and grow themselves, their people, and their businesses. Cartavera is a leadership development ecosystem with training, coaching, assessments, and events to challenge you and help you grow. And the Cartavera Tribe is a membership like none other. You'll get live access to Craig and Jeff where you can ask questions, as well as masterminds where you can get answers from other leaders who've already solved your greatest challenges. You'll have access to additional interviews and a variety of courses, tools, and resources to help you achieve your biggest goals. We have monthly game days where we have challenges and competitive games to help you grow your leadership capabilities. And you'll get a personal growth Sherpa who will guide you to help you reach your growth goals. To find out more, go to cartavera.com. That's C-A-R-D-I-V-E-R-A.com. See you on the inside. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.